All right, Hot Crits Podcast, episode 38. I'm Travis Jadon, and we have a loaded episode here for you guys in season two, episode 18. We're winding down two seasons, and we got a lot coming up uh, that we're going to tell you guys about. But first, on today's show, we have a bunch to talk about, including a Georgia Southern deep dive with Mike Anthony of the Statesboro Herald. Mike and I talk for around 30 minutes about everything that's gone on with Georgia Southern football. And this one is interesting, especially if you're a Georgia Southern fan. But even if you're not, uh, there's some stuff kind of on and off the field in Statesboro uh, that Mike talks about. It's pretty interesting stuff. Spencer Maddox is with me. How, how you living, Spencer? Dude, I'm doing good. Uh, did you see that Vandy got a little progressive this past weekend, man? No, I missed that. What happened? You, you missed, you missed no, that. Uh, Vanderbilt did do that. Let's uh, let's dive right in and, and talk about that. But first, want to remind you guys we're presented by Coach's Corner, Coach's Corner in Savannah. Uh, check them out at www.coachescorner.net. Um, you can also find them on Victory Drive in Savannah, 3016 East Victory Drive on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, 912-352-2933 or www.coachescorner.net. .net. Check out their other two shows too. They got Rubbin' and Grubbin' NASCAR podcast or NASCAR show and the Carl DeMossi Sports Report with Chad Griffin. That's local sports. Those two guys are studs. Spencer, you agree on that? I do. Yeah, those guys, those guys are the shit. They had us on. I, I love that show. I love uh, the live atmosphere they got. Yeah, if you listen to us, you'll definitely like them. We got to get Carl on the show. Yeah, soon. man. Carl, Carl's, Carl DeMasi is a Savannah sports legend. He's also a listener. So, Carl, we're waiting on you, man. Like, whenever you want to come on. Well, no, it's not. We can't say we're waiting on him. We got we oh, to adjust to Carl because, like, we don't move. We record the same place. That's true. Every that's, week, true. that's true. That's so, true. Uh, we and he's, will- a, he's a mover and a shaker, dude. Yeah, we will. How do we get but, Russell on before Carl? That's not good. That's ew. Yikes. Vanderbilt uh, did some crazy stuff, but one thing well, that dude, wasn't crazy was they lost forty-one nothing. Yeah, I mean, but that's 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 not uh, Miss Fuller's fault. Let's go ahead and get that out Sarah of Sarah the Fuller, the female kicker, yeah. uh, for Vanderbilt uh, last week uh, in a college football game, uh, an FBS college football game for the first time ever, a female. And you know, off the rip. I want to say this. When I found out the news, I called my sister and I told my sister to tell her daughter, my niece, because my niece is always watching sports and stuff with her dad, my brother-in-law, and she's watching football. And I know Chris was going to, my brother-in-law was going to be watching yeah. football that day. And, and they let Madison, my niece, watch it. And I, so really? I thought that was pretty cool. But besides the fact that it's cool that there's a first female in Power 5 football, like what, uh, you know, what was Vanderbilt thinking besides the press? The press is the only reason I could Yeah, I mean, it, didn't, it It does definitely seemed like a little bit of a stunt, right? But at the same time, it was cool as shit. Like, I never, ever, ever thought that day would come that an SEC team would have a female kick. Never. I never, never. thought, like, so... That yeah, didn't even cross my mind. That's a good point. I didn't think about that. So like, the first female player in, in FBS history, college football history, comes... In, in the, the, in the most yeah, in the most dominant conference at the most dominant time in any conference's history, maybe in any sport. Yeah. To be honest, I mean the last yeah, yeah. last twenty years of the SEC. Uh, so Fuller doesn't get to kick any field goals. That being said, Vandy is zero and eight. Zero and eight, and they fired yes. their coach twenty four hours after uh, allowing. So a lot of layers of this story. Dude. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> but here's the thing. Here's the thing. So they don't score a point. So she obviously gets no extra points. She does not attempt a field goal. Yeah. But they also don't score a point, which means she only gets to kick off one time. Guess what Vanderbilt chose to do? They chose to squib kick it. And she kicks it, and, it, and she doesn't look good kicking it. Like, it yeah. looks like she does never kicked a football before. Well, she was, she was a soccer. She's a soccer player, right? Right, and they said that she can kick off and that she can reach the end zone almost. Which, why didn't they let her do it? How nuts is that? It was a planned call to squib kick it. And that, my, fr- that, my friends, is why Vanderbilt is O and A. Lame, man. And that's why Derek Mason is no longer their head coach. Yeah, imagine imagine having like uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. in their fight if they just danced around and didn't throw any blows. Let her get out there and throw some blows, dude. First, the, the at least once, you're going to fucking lose anyway. It's not like, <laughs> yeah, you know? Well, but the interesting thing was that Vanderbilt would never be talked about, A, on this podcast, most importantly, and B, anywhere else in the known Unless world, they beat Georgia, they would be talked about. Well, but here's the thing. Like, they were never going 
like that's why Vanderbilt did this was so they could get pressed. And, and I'm yeah. not saying that they didn't need a kicker. They did need a kicker. And perhaps Sarah Fuller is a legitimate kicker. We don't we still don't know that because she never got a chance, but I find it hard to believe she is the best kicker on the campus of Vanderbilt. Oh, no chance. A chance. Girl or a guy. Yeah. And so they chose Fuller for the press over probably a guy that kicked in high school yeah. that's right there in the economics class that could kick. Could yeah. Probably kick a 35-40 I mean, yarder. Like, it's, it's, they did it for the press, the and then they fired their coach a day yeah, later. The story to me is that they fired their coach literally 24 hours later, which the national media isn't picking. Like CNN is going to pick up on the fact that Fuller kicks. They're not going to tell the story that her coach got fired a day later. You know what I mean? And oh yeah, is this, that's on the bottom line. Is this a hail mary from the coach? Like, you can't fire me if I start a girl right now. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> is there is there anything? Is there any smoke to that? Because I, I think what it was was Sarah Fuller came in the locker room and she immediately was not a good locker room presence. Started causing some <laughs> havoc. It's an us versus them. She started a riot versus the coach, like trying to get all the players. Hey, Coach Mason, he's not really doing you guys any favors. You so, guys should try to get him fired. So tell me about the Chris Collinsworth thing. Like, what did what did he do? Why is he getting fired? <laughs> well, boy, you didn't really segue there at all. But can I read you a quote from Sarah Fuller first? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, it's a this is a lengthy quote, so I'm not going to read the whole thing, but. Let me let me describe this scenario here. She's talking to the press this week, and Vandy plays Georgia this week. They're coming to Athens. Um, she she talking to the press this week about being in the locker room and what it was like and and what her role was and all that stuff, right? Yeah, I read and, I read the quote. It's awesome. It I mean, it rubbed me the wrong way. You've been there for a week. Yeah, it does. But I mean, to provide some context before sure. you read this, okay. whenever you watch a like a female athletic sport, especially in college, at any high level. They're always notably on the sidelines, like really, really cheering their team on. A lot of times there's not a lot of people in the stands. So like, I think it may have evolved that way, but like you definitely see the camaraderie. So I guess I, I know where she's coming from, but go ahead and read the quote. Quote from Sarah Fuller. If I'm going to be honest, I was a little pissed off at how quiet everybody was on the sideline. We made a first down and I was the only one cheering and I was like, what the heck? What's going on? And I tried to get them pumped up, and I was like, you guys need to start cheering on your team, man. My main thing was during the SEC tournament, my entire team, her soccer team, was cheering the entire time. It didn't matter if we were in the locker room or if we were on the sideline. She goes on to say, she goes on to say, I was like, we need to be cheering each other up. This is how you win games. This is how you get better is by calling each other out for stuff, and I'm going to call you guys out when that happens. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> All right, Miss Fucking get after him, Sarah. Let's go. All right, Miss Fuller. I love it. <laughs> Mrs. Fuller, can I just first ask, <laughs> what do you, do you think the, the locker room for a girls' program at Vandy, a girls' soccer program at Vandy, is a little different than an 0-7 team staring at a 28 to nothing halftime deficit right. and their coach is on its way to getting fired the next day? They are fed up with this season, plus all the COVID stuff they've been yeah. to deal with. Don't I don't know if if a newcomer girl or guy comes in my locker room and tells me to cheer up when I'm 0 and 7. I don't think I'm going to like that too much. Let me get this hoodie off. Continue. Take it off, big guy. Um Chris Collinsworth, you talked about my man Chris Collinsworth earlier. Uh not a great week for Chris, but you probably don't know why and you may not have heard about this because Deadspin is the one that kind of stirred it up and I didn't know Deadspin was still around. Uh to be honest, I did not know. No, I thought Dave Portnoy Buried them. No. I mean, he went after these people for years, but continue. Um, Chris Collinsworth, when he was a rookie in the league uh, in the NFL, uh, was on a show, and you can find this clip on YouTube by just searching Chris Collinsworth, um, dumb girls, I think probably yeah. would work. He says something along the lines like, uh, and he's a bachelor in this video when he's a rookie in the league. He says something along the lines to a reporter who's doing a piece on bachelors in the NFL and kind of how their dating life works and stuff like that now that they're rich and single. And Collinsworth says that he likes to date a bunch of different kind of girls, but really he likes the dumb ones because, quote, they don't ask too many questions, end quote. And that kind of has lived with Collinsworth for a while. Now, he was a dumb, young, single rookie in the league, but he's also said other things on air before, and... um 
he said something on Sunday night that went along the lines of this. He said he did not know that ladies and ladies is what that word is really getting tossed around on Twitter with Collinsworth calling him the ladies man. Um, he said he didn't know that ladies watched football. And oh, yikes. Man. Not great. Yikes, not great, bro. Chris. How do you not know? I mean, you're on, you're well, on he, was try, he was trying to make a joke. He was saying, like, I didn't even know ladies watched football, let alone play. You know what I mean? And Dude, is there anything more awkward than guy that makes sexist jokes in front of women like all the time as a way to like flirt or be the guy yeah, you know what i mean that it's is weird so awkward that is weird never works imagine if guy made racist jokes in front of black people to be the guy you know what i mean like yeah yikes dude like but you not to compare the two but things you didn't but hear socially about this. you didn't hear about no, Chris no, Collins. No, 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 like, no, I didn't. he's not really getting like he's getting like joked about shredded, yeah but it's yeah. not like well it's not that's not like that but bad, here's the thing but, like it is okay i'm gonna say this Sarah Fuller, the kicker for Vanderbilt, the performance she had on Saturday showed me that she was not a very good kicker. Not a good kicker. That has nothing to do with being sexist. Like it's you right. can you can believe <laughs> like it's a historic thing. It's cool, but she's not a good kicker, and she's probably not good at football. I saw her kicking. I, mean, I saw her kicking. Uh, you know, in warmups, it it didn't look great, but it it was going through the uprights. It's different that, when there's the pressure of a twenty being down twenty eight nothing in thought, the first half <laughs> when you're on seven. I thought you weren't pressure guy. Oh no! There's pressure coming at literal pressure, real yeah, people no, no, rushing. Actual, you. Okay, like yeah, like people. It's different when you have to lift it over the line and stuff true. like that. Let's talk about the dynamics of kicking field goals. You want to? No. Okay. Uh, that being said, I'm I'm on board with the Sarah Fuller quote, dude. Get after that ass. I love it, Sarah. <laughs> it's just a weird quote. <laughs> weird quote, and somehow the producers of Sunday Night Football allowed Collinsworth to even talk about it, but. What a dummy. Yeah. What a dumb, dumb person. That's not something that should get you canceled. That's something where your boss looks at you and like, are you fucking stupid? Are you um, stupid? Let's Do talk- we have this stupid person working for us? Go ahead. No, well, NBC is no longer asking that question, and I'm not even going to go further to that. But Vandy uh, is 0-8, and, and it did not matter if there was a girl on the team or not. That uh, much we can agree on. College football playoff rankings are out uh, this week, and nothing has changed in the top seven. It goes Alabama, Notre Dame. Ohio State, Clemson. Um, I don't even know how many teams I've named. I, I just I'm trying to pull up the rankings. Sorry. No, you're good. Nobody's beating Alabama or Clemson. Alabama, no Notre Dame, Clemson, Ohio State are the top four. A and M, Florida, five and six. Cincinnati, seven. Georgia at eight. Um, Georgia moves up one spot after beating South Carolina and uh, Mike Bobo, their former offensive coordinator. Uh, they sh- Georgia shellacked yeah. South Carolina. And it was sort of nice to see as a Georgia fan because last year I remember distinctly South Carolina winning in Athens. And um, since they don't win a lot at South Carolina, they started pulling hedges off uh, at Sanford Stadium and, and messing with the hedges and, you know, like destroying the, the side of the hedges or whatever. And they were really living it up. Yeah. And that was the last time that Will Muschamp won a meaningful game at South Carolina. Turns out it would be the final time. They did that. So they really, Georgia really did not take their foot off the gas. Yeah. Did you get a chance I mean, to watch they, that game on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. The the deep ball, the, the quarterback play looked good. Um, I will say this. It was interesting. Well, they, got, to, they ran the hell out of the ball, too. I mean, yeah, they, that did, too. they did whatever they wanted. But uh, it was interesting to see the Mike Bobo desperation trick plays. Like, <laughs> stuff like that was funny. Uh, I mean, all around great game from Georgia, but it just proves South Carolina has a long, long, long way to go, man. They've fallen from grace pretty quickly, too. Like well, the we say that because you and I are in our late 20s, and we remember them winning. They went they went 11-2, and two, three straight seasons. Yeah. 11-2, and two, three straight. Under, under Spurs. And they were getting, yeah, and they're getting guys like Marcus Lattimore. They're getting guys True. like Jadavon Clowney. Uh, they're getting guys like Alshon Jeffrey. They're getting four- and five-star big, big, big-time players. Yeah. But they weren't that before. And they haven't been that since. I don't True. think they are that. I think that was the outlier those five or six years. Connor Shaw. Um, but I they've mean, got, I mean, they, they live, they're in a recruiting hotbed. They obviously have to spend money on a coach. They have to go out and get a big name because that's what brought them success. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't mean, know if South Carolina needs to do that. They're competing with Georgia primarily. They won't be, though. I'm saying there's nobody for, for recruits. On no, I don't think so. You got you need to be able to dominate the state of South Carolina. Yeah, uh, which Georgia is right there. You, you've got Clemson in your backyard, but they're a national brand. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're not really which man. They weren't. 
they weren't until Dabo, basically. They weren't. Yeah, you're right. But South Carolina was leaps and bounds, not leaps and bounds ahead of them, but they were definitely ahead of them in recruiting. Clemson's going to win several, and they have already, several ACC titles when they aren't that great. Yeah. Okay. If South Carolina is not great, or anyone in the SEC for that matter, you, you, you won't win the SEC. And you're going to lose a lot of games because of every week you're going to have to play other teams that either are just below you or equal to you. Yeah. Certainly, they're never going to compete annually with the likes of Florida, Georgia, Alabama, definitely Auburn, not Clemson, either. LSU. I mean, all those teams. So Clemson, they have to play every year. Yeah. Let's not go too far into South Carolina. I can't believe we just talked that long about I it. I mean, but we do have listeners that are big South Carolina fans. We are pretty close. No, so we should, for sure. We should for touch sure. on them. And, and, and you know what? I want to put my foot on their throat right now. We beat the crap out of you, dude. And the Wombles, <laughs> go ahead. I know you listen sometimes. Go ahead and call in anytime you want and tell me how your team's going to turn it around. But uh, continue. Uh, South Carolina is not going to compete with, with the likes of those. But they are maybe going to hire Jeff Munkin? Maybe? I don't think they will anymore. But they're tossing around names. And to be honest, like Mike Bobo there right now as the interim head coach, I don't foresee any way he gets that job. And I don't think you know he thinks he's getting the job. But Will Muschamp is still the head coach if he would have made Mike Bobo his right. offensive coordinator to begin with. You know who got jobbed? Who's that? Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson did, did get jobs. Let's talk about that. But before we do, we have a new sponsor alert. New sponsor. Whoop, whoop. Bewley Oaks Home Improvement. Bewley Oaks Home Improvement in Savannah uh, does everything you could think of for home improvement. From your roof to beneath your house, all sides of your house, inside, outside, roofing, flooring, uh, plumbing, electrical work, uh, appliances, stuff, uh, kitchen work, all this kind of stuff. Anything you need done in your house, there's a guy that they have that can do that for you. You want to call Tony at 912-667-5235. Bewley Oaks Home Improvement. That's Bewley, B-E-A-U-L-I-E-U. So don't try to become a home improvement expert. Don't try to become Tim the Toolman Taylor on us. Just yeah. call Tony at Julio's Home Improvement and let him handle it. Yeah, listen, man. If you're if you're listening to this, you're probably a younger dude. A good looking, excellent, yeah. really smart, great person. Later 20s, early 30s. You might be buying your first home. You're a millennial. You don't know anything about home improvement. Let's be real. Here, call the professionals. These guys know from the ground up. They can do your plumbing. They can do your woodwork, whatever it may be. I don't know anything about it either. That's why I'm going to call Bewley, excuse me, the second I can. Uh, and while Bewley's there fixing or doing your home improvement needs, you can just do what millennials do best and tweet about it or put it on Snapchat or do something like that because that's probably all you can do. So don't try to hit that nail with the hammer. Call Bewley at 912-667-5235. <laughs> Uh, Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. Um, put on a little charade Saturday night, and it, I didn't watch it live, but I got a chance to watch it. Um, uh, I don't know how to say this. I, I guess I'll just admit it. I watched it illegally from a That's uh, fine. Reddit stream afterward. Uh, and Tyson lands 67 punches in eight rounds. They went the distance. Roy Jones Jr. lands 37. And they call it a draw. It was nonsense. Yeah. Which means to me that if neither one of them got knocked out, it was always going to be a draw. They didn't yeah. have they didn't have uh, stage side judges. So I, I will say that it was judged remotely. And it, they weren't pro judges. Do it, you know who one of the judges was? No. Were? Uh, have you ever seen the boxing movie Bleed for This with Miles Teller? No. All right. It's a really good movie. Really? It's based on a true story. It's sort of like, you know, Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale and the fighter. Yeah, that was a great movie. It's like it's like that. Um, Northeastern guy uh, comes on hard times, has an accident, gotcha. then builds his way back up. Underdog gotcha. guy. Yeah, right? it's every it's every, every boxing, boxing movie. movie well, yeah, 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 I guess I just described. I watch Cinder- them all. Dude. Cinderella. I watch man. them all. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the Miles Teller in that movie, Bleed for This, plays the role of Vinny Pazienza. Paz, as they call it, the Pazmanian devil. And uh, that's who was judging the fight. That's who one of the judges were what? for the Roy Jones Jr. Mike Tyson fight. So there's a little tidbit for you. Vinny Paz, This thing was bet on. Like, this is, this is a big deal, dude. That, dude, that is a legitimate point. And I've heard, I think I was listening to Bill Simmons talk about that. Bill Simmons said that, like, we've always wanted this kind of stuff to be open and to be betted on. But now we're, like, that is not great when 
you're betting on entertainment yeah. over it's basically competition. Pro- it's basically professional wrestling at that point. Yeah, so it's, it's inter- a joke. Entertainment, and then you have odds somehow. But yeah. we're gonna have to. My book didn't take it. I couldn't. I couldn't bet on it. I, I was didn't going bet to bet on anything. I was gonna bet. I was gonna bet the house on Tyson because there's no fucking way, and he won. I mean, but. Did you see more people talking about the Tyson fight or the fight before it? No. Which was Jake Paul, uh, YouTube star, and Nate Robinson, little yep. guy star from the NBA. Yeah, both of us, uh, if you go back and listen to last week, we were both very, very wrong on the outcome on that. We both thought Nate Robinson was going to have the hands, dude. Yeah, I mean, I just like Nate Robinson. I do too. I thought he was cool. Now yeah. I'm like, now it's like I'm ashamed to say it. Like, dude, oh, he's black, getting. Black Twitter roasted. Oh, man. Black Twitter got dude. after him, man. Dude. That was uh, before we get too deep into Nate Robinson, dude. The well, he uh, didn't get. He only got it the second round, so yeah. we can't get too deep. On Snoop him. Snoop Dogg talking about it was hilarious, man. Snoop Dogg was the real winner. He was he was the winner of the night. He was like, "Nate'll be good. He's from the hood, man. He'll be all right. He'll bounce back." No, dude. Ba ba ba. That was the end of it. <laughs> dude, all those pictures of Nate Robinson just passed out. I saw like there was a million memes within like five oh, minutes. Oh dude, my it was god, so this bad. poor guy. He can't show his face again, man. Jake Paul really, really was the winner of the night. If I mean, we're joking about Snoop Dogg, but Jake Paul now has himself set up for millions. Yeah, millions of dollars. Oh, this guy makes money hand over fist. You and know dude, that, right? Yeah, but yeah, of course. Oh, he's got it. Look, dude. look into some of the stuff that he was saying before the fight. And you'll see that, and you'll hear that this guy understands the brand here. He, like, he understands what's at yeah. stake before the fight. So when he beats Nate Robinson now, if Mike Tyson decides to fight someone in eight months, uh, you know, so, like another former boxer, right? Jake Paul's going to be on that undercard, and oh, it's yeah. going to be a big, big time name. Oh yeah, it probably don't headline it at that point. It, it might not even be associated with Tyson anymore. Like to be honest, yeah. like. Or, or you know, well, just, dude, it might be a standalone event. What if that you was put a... him up against someone like someone else in the entertain? Like if you had a guy, Jake Paul, who's the undefeated, you like best boxer that's not a boxer. All right, right. In entertainment, music, sports, and now eight months from now we get another guy, almost like the Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, Peyton Manning, Tom right. Brady thing. Like that would be awesome. I'd be I'd be into it. The thing is, man, I, I watched the whole Nate Robinson, Jake Paul fight. Jake Paul didn't look like a bad boxer, dude. It was no, an ugly no, fight. It was an ugly fight, to be sure. They were clinching every two seconds. I was like, come on, let's go, let's go, fight. Yeah. But he didn't look bad. And those punches that he was throwing were serious punches, man. The one that caught him on the side, the one that put him out, that was that looked like it could have knocked out the average man, for sure. Yeah. And, I yeah, I'd be down to watch another Jake Paul fight. I mean, he's magnetic. He's ridiculous. And it's entertaining. If nothing else is entertaining, who, who, what actor, musician, politician would you want to see boxing Jake Paul next? Oh man, prime Don Cheadle, somebody like that. Whoa! Oh no, no, no! I, I just excuse me, excuse me. I like Don Cheadle. Yeah, I do too. I didn't mean to say Don Cheadle. No, no racist here. Idris Elba. I didn't mean to get them too confused. But Idris Elba, like a prime Idris Elba, somebody like that. I don't know, but he's too old now. Don Cheadle, Hotel Rwanda. Yeah, good film. Good film. Um, I don't know who I would want to see fight Jake Paul. I'm trying to think. Definitely right an actor. Get out of the sports because they they have way too much to lose. Nate Robinson just lost all his cred. What about you know um? What, I mean? what about Michael B. Jordan? That would be sick. And he I would watch in, the hell out of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely trained for fighting. Oh boy. Da-na. Yeah. Da-na. He wouldn't do it though. Well, I mean, Mike Mike Mike, Mike B is probably listening, right? Mikey now. B, we're calling you out, dude. You won't, bro. You won't. You won't come promote your fight on, on your fictional fight on this podcast that you'll never listen to. You won't. Um, what else do you want to talk about, Penny? Uh, you know I want to talk about the Hawks, but we don't have time. Well, yeah, I can wax poetic, bro. <laughs> we are not talking about the Hawks. Futures bet coming in hot. Go ahead and get your get your money while it's hot. The Hawks are winning the NBA championship this year. Don't listen to the haters. There is um, some NBA news, though. They have some key dates that have been released, and also they're in opening day schedule. Uh, LeBron James also in NBA news signed a two year, $85 million contract with Spencer. I thought was interesting because he doesn't usually sign two year or anything. Yeah. I mean, the last, he's been on a one year deal. Pretty maybe well, not the last, the last one not, was four with two players. No, but it's, but it's not when he, they, they really essentially were one year. Yeah. Deal, Cause exactly. he could have opted out. Of exactly. But so. this is notable because when the deal's up, it'll be 
what they're hope what I'm guessing what LeBron's camp is hoping the first year that Bronny will be in the league, which will be nuts. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that would be nuts. That Assuming is crazy. and and the bounce back. So next year will be the effects of COVID on the salary cap. Right. The year after that, when it becomes a free, the bounce back should have happened already. You yeah. know what I mean? So they should have been. Hopefully, the cap will go up. Who knows uh, what will be going on but with COVID? Bet your ass that LeBron will be on the same team as his son if he's oh, able that's, to still play yeah. basketball. I mean, that's right up his alley. Yeah. Uh, one notable date coming up, or not coming up, but I, I think it's worthy of mentioning. Uh, the NBA announced that the 2020 Hall of Fame enshrinement, which will actually happen in 2021, uh, will be May 13th through the 15th. And that's when Kobe Bryant and Kevin Garnett will go into the Hall of Fame. So May 13th through the 15th. Man, it's going to be so sad. I mean, it's going to be awesome because he's going to the Hall, but that's going to be so sad. Well, what's interesting is that when they had to uh, postpone it for COVID, um, you know, it was going to be touching that Kobe was going in. But it was going to be ultra emotional, right? Right. Now I think we're going to be far enough removed where we're actually going to. It'll probably be a really, really good show, and there's probably going to be some great stories, great speakers coming out to honor Kobe, and they'll be a far enough removed where they can not stand up there and cry the whole time. You know I think we're I mean? going to see a lot of waterworks, man. It he meant he meant too much but to see, too KG's many people. KG is going to be there too. Yeah. Like when KG comes to the stage for his, you're a big KG guy. Listen, he there won't be any crying when KG's there. Like when he steps to the stage, I would hope they let. How, how do you do that though? W- what order do you go in? I don't know, man. Anything's possible. <laughs> like, w- do you enshrine dead Kobe first? Yeah, dude. Oh, I don't know. I don't so know. he's the warm up act. I don't know. <laughs> like, what would Kobe want? Kobe would, if he was maybe alive, the, they would definitely he maybe, would get star treatment. Like they would do whatever yeah. he wanted. I mean, I'm assuming he's going to be the backdrop for the whole thing, right? I guess, and he's yeah. going to be mentioned in every other guy's Hall of Fame speech. Yeah, yeah, you have to. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that's wild for KG though that uh, he goes in with Kobe, and then Kobe's not there. I mean, that's that really sucks. Pretty historical and nuts. Um, historical and nuts. No segue off of that, Kenny. Um, I do want to tell you guys about Crystal Clear <laughs> Carpet Cleaning Company. Uh, Crystal Clear Carpet Cleaning in Savannah. Uh, is your place and your spot for getting your carpets cleaned quickly, efficiently, cheaply, and and really they do a really really good job of staying socially distanced and, and wearing their masks when they're in your house. They're in and out, and they they come in. Your house is a wreck. Your house is embarrassing. You can't have anyone there. Right. They come in and they say, "Just take a lap, guy. Walk out for a minute. Let us handle this. Make you, yourself a nice cold." You come back Arnold and all Palmer. of a sudden, yeah, Arnie Palmies. Uh, you come back for a second after a minute, and your house is completely spotless. All of a sudden, you have a mansion, a really nice house, and nice yeah. carpets, more importantly. And your wife's prettier somehow. Yeah. Somehow, your wife is prettier, and she's nice to you now. Yeah. Uh, so you want to call them, 912-898-0050, Facebook and Instagram, also crystalclearcarpetcleaning.com. Call them and ask about their holiday gift certificates as well. Um, Spencer, I wanted to tell you one non-sports-related story, if I could. And it's about a date that I had that actually was not a date at all. And I say date, it wasn't a date. Uh, yeah. And it never was going to be, but there was this girl I was feeling, right? And <laughs> I, was at her, I was at her house with several other people um, a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, we, I left with when all the other people left that night and uh, was like, man, that girl was cool or whatever. Like started texting her and, and talking to her. And I pulled the move where I left something there. Oh, yeah. So classic left move. something at her house. Classic yeah. move. Everybody's used it. Nobody wants to admit they've used it, but everybody's used that. Well, move. yeah, I'm. A, I mean, I'm open with my playbook. Here. Yeah. Um, and so it's not a deep playbook. She's responding, right? We're texting all, and then and a couple days later, I go to get the item that I left, and she asks if I want to hang out for a little bit. And you're like, boom, dude. So I'm like, all right. Well, this is yeah. Of course I do. You the know, reverse I, sweep worked. What I what I should have said was like, ooh, actually, I have a bunch of stuff to. You know what? But yeah, I do. I'll stay. I'll stay. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'll stay. So I'm there, right? I'm there for, we're hanging out for like 10 minutes watching TV or whatever. And, and she starts talking about another guy that was at her house that night that I was over there a few days before, right? Right. A, a dude I know. And she says, uh, she tells me, uh, shows me some pictures and tells me uh, some stuff about him or whatever and starts talking about him. And I don't think anything of it. But then something else comes up and, and she talks about how they were, 
out to lunch another, one day. Another anecdote. Like, yeah. And I start, and so I finally say, are you, and I, I'm going to call um, this dude Bartholomew. Bartholomew, I was like, are you and Bar- Bartholomew dating? And she was, you know, she said no, which I'd already done on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, I'd yeah. already looked into that. But then uh, I start thinking about it and I realized, wait a second, uh, she hasn't stopped talking about him. She is probably dating. She loves this guy. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> I, so while I'm there, I texted someone. I was like, is she dating Bartholomew? Oh, and is she dating Bartholomew? I texted somebody else that knew her. And they said, yeah, I, can't. I mean, basically they are. And so closed my phone and I was like, oh, I got to actually go get to that stuff now. So what's, and I what's, dipped this, out. what's this girl's deal? She's like girl that thinks you can be friends with. So her I don't guy. know. I don't know if I read the read the room wrong signals. wrong, Or maybe she was just like, you know, she invited me in to hang out with her like a, I, it was the first maybe, time I'd met her. Maybe it's like unrequited, before. dude. Maybe she really likes him. He doesn't really like her all that much. So she's like. She's gonna fill her time with other. So she's using. Yeah, you. using you. I don't think I'm that entertaining though. Like I don't. You've got a whole ass podcast where people listen to what you say for thirty Yo. to forty five minutes. You're pretty entertaining, bro. I am. Awesome. I mean, I'm the driver of this ship, but she should date me. Actually, no. Yeah, dude. Yeah, man. Kick Bartholomew. Plus, you got her. great friends. One friend. You got a great friend. So many friends and so so many Twitter followers <laughs> at Jadon Sports. I All can't right. believe the reverse sweep worked though, dude. Like you, that, that does not, that's a Hail Mary, dude. Usually. Well, yeah. Usually, usually you never when, get the item back. Usually it, has to be, it has to be important enough. Usually when you, you do that, they just leave it outside their door and then they go somewhere. You know what I mean? Like, see, that's another thing. She that, could have done that. Yeah, dude. So, I mean, that's, that's reps, dude. That's reps. You got, you got in there. You got some experience. You learned. Do you know where you made your mistake now? You know, you move I forward. Don't, I still don't know. Well, if you guys can tell from the story that I told, like, Shoot me some advice. Yeah. At Jadon Sports on Twitter. Um, Bartholomew is such a cuck. Spencer, we're going to get to our Mike Anthony deep dive uh, with Georgia Southern football uh, right after the break. You got a chance to listen to that interview. We're recording this segment right now um, on Wednesday night, December 2nd. You got a chance to listen to that interview with Mike yesterday that we did? Yeah, I was I was producing it. Any it's great thoughts stuff. Or, like, it's good stuff, man. You guys were a little bit more cutting to each other than – or especially you to him than I thought you would be. I thought it was like really good stuff because I knew you'd done the podcast before. So you had a rapport, but yeah. uh, I thought it was really informative. Um, Mike's a great guest. We hope to have him on more and more often as the, as this train keeps rolling. You know what I mean? Yeah. But def- uh, we definitely will have the him. arrest stuff was like wild. Yeah. Dude. We talked about uh, four Georgia Southern players getting arrested and a lot of things surrounding it. Two players that uh, are BC graduates um, and kind of talked about how the story has not gotten out uh, of what really happened that night, just the charges that the kids were dealt, and the media coverage around it. Uh, we talked about a lot of things like that. Also, Georgia Southern firing their offensive coordinator, right? Um, Bob DeBest talked about Chad Lunsford, the head coach, and kind of really it's just the state of the program in general with Mike Anthony. If you are a Georgia Southern fan, you need to listen to this because you won't get that kind of talk anywhere else. Um, Spencer, we have a lot coming up for season three, but I guess we'll, we'll leave it right there and um, cut cut to Mike Anthony now. Um, at Podcast Grits on Twitter, hotgritspod at gmail.com, and like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, five stars only. Five stars We've been getting only, a lot of baby. reviews lately. Yeah, dude, we have. So uh, should we read, let's read some of those quickly, yeah, actually. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You want to read them off? Yeah, I got to find them first. You threw, well, me a, you threw me a uh, yeah. Do your curveball there. Um, also, I want to tell you guys that we have listener support option on Anchor. So if you guys are interested in supporting the podcast, that would help us with mobile mics and being able to do more interviews um, and stuff like that for season three. So you can find that uh, on our Twitter profile. It's Anchor.fm/slash The Hot Grits. So this this first uh, this first review entitled Equestrian Enthusiast. Which already hilarious. Okay. These guys get me seriously horny, like seriously. <laughs> Let's go, dude. What, what's the name of the? What was the name of the post? Equestrian enthusiast. <laughs> Who wrote? Does it say the the person's name? There's like a there's like an internet internet pseudonym. It's Rach seven five six. So girl, I'm assuming. I believe it's pronounced Rock. Rock. Yeah. Rakal. Rakal. 
Any that's more? pretty. What that's pretty good, ones? dude. Uh, let's let's see. Let's see. Of course, they're all five stars. They're uh, all five stars. We duh. have we actually have a uh, a five star perfect rating. Jinx, uh, you jinxed it. A lot of people, good podcast listening to during work or at home, more than just sports. Uh, one notable one from OTPHJ. That is spelled O T P H and then J J A Y. Yeah, I listen during workouts. These guys get me through my workouts. Ten out of ten would sweat too. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. All right. So you shit. can find all those uh, and you can contribute your review to the hot grits podcast. Uh, what you like, what you hate about Spencer uh, at the bottom of Apple podcast at the bottom of our homepage. Solid amount of ratings now. And don't forget to follow me at Spencer Maddox on Twitter at Spencer Maddox underscore, excuse me at Spencer Maddox underscore. Don't forget that underscore trap. Take us away, bud. Here is me and Mike Anthony on doing a deep dive of Georgia Southern football around the block. Stay with us on the other side of the break and we'll see you guys for episode 39. Stay safe. Wash your hands. You filthy animals. Peace. All right. It's football season now, Spencer. No more basketball, no more baseball. So if you're in Savannah, that means one thing and one place. Coach's Corner on Victory Drive. That's right, Trav. So after you watch the Falcons break your heart, you can have a few, you know, one one or two beers. Come back the next day. Get your breakfast as well because they got breakfast now, don't they? Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 1030 a.m. Check them out now. 3016 East Victory Drive or 912-352-2933. You can like them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you go, tell them the Hot Grits podcast sent you. All right, we're going to take a deep dive into Georgia Southern football and everything that's gone on in their wild up and down season on and off the field. Certainly plenty to talk about. Um, Spencer is with me helping to produce this segment, but in order to properly talk about Georgia Southern and Georgia Southern football, People that have known me for a while know I'm only going to turn one place, and that is Mikey Memory himself. Mike Anthony from the Statesboro Herald uh, has covered Georgia Southern for a long, long time uh, and knows the program like the back of his hand. Mike, thanks for joining us. Uh, pretty eventful season thus far for Georgia Southern, huh? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me on. Good to be back. And, uh, yeah, eventful, bipolar, schizophrenic. You can really choose any any number of colorful adjectives to describe what uh, Georgia Southern football has been like in 2020. But then again, maybe that's fitting given the year. Mike, before I put anything in context for the listeners, I'm just going to ask you simply, uh, can Georgia Southern be a good football team ever in the future or a good football program without running the option? Um, You know, it, the, the the easy answer is yes. There's uh, that's the correct dozens answer. of other there's other, there's dozens of other football programs that are good football programs without running the option. So uh, obviously there's a formula out there for it. Now, whatever that formula is, Georgia Southern hasn't found it in the last 40 years. Uh, but, but how many times you know, have they I, tried, Mike? Really like one and a half. Yeah. And maybe that was the, just the a prob- shit coach. The problem is the fan base just has a, a very, very short uh, fuse for it. Um, yeah. I, I think the closest they ever came to – embracing changes after the Van Gorder year, uh, if you can get any of them to acknowledge that even happened, <laughs> you you, you'll name. remember that after that, they went even farther away from the option by hiring Chris Hatcher. and Everybody really rallied behind it for about a year and a half, and then it got pretty stale pretty quick. All right, and I think people that have heard me talk about Chad Lunsford, the head coach at Georgia Southern, um, I think people know that I'm – a big fan of his as far as what he did in 2018 and kind of that surprising the hell out of me, uh, Georgia Southern being so good. But how long would it take Lunsford, who I guess in a similar way to Hatcher, how long would it take Lunsford to sort of wear out his welcome? Does that make sense? I mean, I haven't really seen or heard anyone talking about Lunsford instead it's the OC or, you know, it's all all this other stuff. Have they reached that point where it's Lunsford yet? Well, I think if you turn over the right rocks in the uh, social media universe and the uh, different Georgia Southern message boards and social media postings, you can definitely find people who are saying that maybe he just doesn't have what it takes. I think that the one thing that he does have going for him that he's had going for him since day one and even back into his pre-head coach days as an assistant is, you know, the other guys who 
had their time but didn't make it happen here. Pretty much not liked all that much. Uh, maybe maybe did fine on the sidelines, but out and about in town or booster events, uh, maybe not the most endearing to the fans. Uh, Chad's always been a guy who will smile and shake your hand, get to know you. So that bought him a lot of uh, stock. He was playing with house money as soon as he got a couple of wins in 2018 and you know, parlayed that into a or a 2017 uh, parlayed that into a great 2018 season. And ever since then, you know, it's been wearing down a little bit, a little bit. And I think it's mostly because, you know, your first full season, you win 10 games. They, they expect, and maybe rightfully so that you can keep it up. And, you know, with his ship running in his direction, his way, it's gotten, I don't want to say bad, but it's definitely not, 10 win caliber it's incrementally worse the last couple of seasons well so that's the thing mike so it, the, the reason they so the whole coaching staff comes in in 2018 it's lunsford's first ever head coaching gig at any level and it's bob DeBess's first year as oc It's scott sloan's first year as defensive coordinator lunsford's first all these first years and first and then they're all in it together and they're all successful so to me that excused any you know thing that went wrong at the back end of 2019 uh, as far as the offense and Bob DeBesco. But when mm-hmm. Georgia Southern and Chad Lunsford fired Bob, and we, you can use whatever terminology or they can use whatever terminology they want, Mike, the word is fired. They fired Bob DeBesco on Sunday. And to me, Mike, that was a decision from Lunsford, which, you know, there's higher ups that are involved in those decisions too, but that's, you know, Lunsford's call. That is the most, you know, I guess radical would be a right word. Radical move he's made since being hired. Is that right? I mean, what what who else has been hired or fired that was that was more surprising? Yeah, no, there, there's some coaches that have come and gone, but that was more in the natural uh, progression of coaches right. who are, uh, you know, position coaches looking to move up to coordinator jobs or maybe making a move to be closer to home or just taking more money elsewhere. No, you're right. This is the first time that it's been a, you know, this job isn't getting done the way I. I want it done. Maybe that's happened in the all season before, but never in the the middle of a season. So you're right. I wouldn't call it radical. I would say yeah, that a lot of people would agree that it had to be done. But I would also say that you know, if you if you look at head coaches that are maybe struggling a little bit, maybe feel that seat getting a little hot. You know, this is the the last move you make before you know it's kind of uh, your turn next. You know, you listen to the complaints. You you, you read the room. You know that the offense isn't where everyone expects it to be, so you do have that one cord to cut. But after that, you know the next hire is on you, and if that doesn't work, well, then what's that an indication? Right, and I think this hire is interesting. So Bob DeBess is relieved of his duties on Sunday, uh, and he just exits Statesboro stage left uh, without any media, uh, at, you know, ever talking to him. That's a different story, Mike, but that pisses me off so much. That nobody in the media, where were you guys? Why didn't anybody try to interview Bob the best? I can tell you that I was about uh, 235 miles away. He has a phone? Uh, Yeah. But, you know, uh, reaching coach is sometimes a little bit tricky. (laughs) Um, You know, sometimes you have, actually, uh, I'll tell you this, uh, you know, being around the program for so long, you do tend to uh, come into possession of personal phone numbers. And usually I wait to burn them, you know, for a good time because after you call in one favor or two, sometimes those numbers change. I suppose that would be a good time to use that one if I had his personal number. Now, if you have to go the uh, the straight and narrow way of getting a hold of coaches, then you have to go through uh, sports information department, and you know you're kind of at the mercy of whether they Brian, like letting you talk. And to Brian Johnson, SID for Georgia Southern, said that he did not receive one request for Bob DeBest. That shot. Okay, me. well, there it, you it go. It was the only thing the, the fan base was talking about, and yet nobody wanted to ask him. I mean, it doesn't matter, does it? Like, they weren't, they weren't, that was never going to get turned around after. What, what was the turning point, Mike, for Bob the best in the offense? Was it the Liberty Bowl game? Like, wasn't that kind of where the pendulum, like, or that was the first time we saw them and we're like, man, it, that was pretty it stale. Depends. It depends. I mean, I think uh, depending on, which fan you talk to, there were people who were getting tired of it halfway through last season. And it was sort of the same things that you're hearing right now is, yeah, they were winning games and uh, yeah, they're going to another bowl game and they're achieving a lot of goals, but 
they're not getting better. And that, I think, is the biggest thing. I know that's still a little ambiguous unless you want to count it in terms of yards or points or wins, but it just didn't look like the offense was ever growing. You know, they did they did some damage his first year, but nothing ever changed. You had the same quarterback all the way. You had the same coordinator growing into his third, fourth year, and, you know, nothing really ever expanded. It just seemed it like it never was, seemed organic. Right, like it, yeah, it, it seemed, seemed like, like the same plan of attack. Yeah, like they had maybe three different plans of attack: one for the beginning of the game and how they want to go; one for if they're ahead; one for if they're behind. The plan and to nothing win really changed. That's the plan to win. But yeah, I, I mean, I just I, I think you're right. Nothing seemed organic. Everything seemed like there was a, a page or a, a a tab in a play sheet that could be going to for any particular situation which is good to have those options but when you kind of do the same thing in the same situations all the time you need to have some superior athletes and with you know injuries with attrition with you know other instances of people being otherwise unavailable you know that that can really throw a hitch in that plan mike how how would you grade georgia southern's recruiting and the way that they're acquiring talent under lunsford to me um, if you're going to be committed to the option and, and you know, we'll, we'll kind of move away from this after this, Mike, but clearly they're committed to the option or some variation of it. And so clearly that tells me you better be good up front. Bob DeBest had a below average offensive line all three seasons. He was at Georgia Southern. Uh, you know, they, they were not very good before they were injured. You had guys like Curtis Rainey, Brian Miller, um, and really other than that, nobody really stood out. No all-conference type guys. And for me, that's a problem. It, it, is anybody else on the coaching staff with Lunsford in danger here? I mean, surely some other position coaches would have to take responsibility for some of this, right? Yeah, I think you hit on a good point. Uh, you know, when Thank people you. complain about the offense, you go to the top of the offensive tree, which was Bob the best, but a guy who's been there just as long as the offensive line coach and Ron, Ron Hudson. And you could argue that his credentials uh, coaching wise are as good as anybody's as deep as anybody's on this staff. He has NFL experience, a lot of uh, great work in the collegiate ranks. And you're right. I don't know if it comes down to they're recruiting the wrong guys or they have a, a plan for the type of lineman they want that isn't panning out with the type of offense that they're running. And, yeah, the offensive line was devastated by injuries a couple of years ago. But you see 20 of those guys out there at practice, and I think you're right in your assessment that maybe only two or three of them are really performing at the level that uh, a run-heavy team like Georgia Southern needs to, to have. And You need seven or eight of those guys, not two or three. All right, Mike, handicap the next offensive coordinator at Georgia Southern for me. Doug Roos or the field? Yeah, well, I think uh, I think Doug Roos is going off at even money right now. For for um, for, for twenty twenty one for several. Well, there's several different reasons. Um, you know, one, he's had success here before, uh, and that's hard to turn away from. You know, now he's got maybe a little bit uh, uh, more familiarity. Uh, people are going to give him a longer lease just because they've seen the success he had uh, coaching under Willie Fritz. Now, you know, that question comes up: is how does he get along? How does his coaching style mesh with a new head coach? Um, but I think the other thing that you have to consider is money. And I know people don't want to hear about it, but there's always the conversation about Georgia Southern not having as much money as most teams and even half the teams or more than half the teams in the Sun Belt. But I think you also have to consider the, the COVID implications. I mean, this athletic program, like every other one, has just bled money. And now you're also cutting loose a guy who's got over a quarter of a million dollars guaranteed for next year on his contract in the best. If somebody else doesn't pay him, Georgia Southern has to. So the money's I don't know where you issue, go and but... take a big swing and bring in someone for big money. But no, that one, you can't not, do that. sorry, you can get to whatever you're going to say. But I just want to throw out uh, uh, just totally uh, off to the side. We don't have to discuss this. But I think that uh, a real unsung hero in this 2020 season has been the new athletic director in Jared Benko. There are my next question. a ton of athletic uh, programs with a little bit more money than Georgia Southern that have been slashing uh, programs entirely. 
and not only has Georgia Southern managed to keep everybody, but they're also managing to bring all those spring uh, uh, athletes who are on scholarship to seniors. They're managing to guarantee uh, all those contracts. So a big, uh, just a big uh, uh, congratulations to uh, Banco for what he's been able to do there. Yeah, and he's done well so far. He's been curiously, I don't know about quiet, but he has kind of stayed back from football a little bit. Do you know what I mean, Mike? He, I haven't. He hasn't really commented on much of anything, good or bad, right? I, think you, I mean, he, it's not I think like Kleinline. to different people than I do. Well, it's not like Kleinline, right? Kleinline he, was Lunsford was Kleinline's guy. In certain circles, uh, he's offered up a little bit more. I, I would say, to your point, um, let me in that circle, he seems, Mike. He seems to uh, steer away from uh, commenting directly on current coaches, but he seems a little more open to most in uh, discussing, at least among people that he wants to discuss it among, uh, talking about hypotheticals about what could be. And what what would that con- like? What would the subject of one of those conversations be? For example, like does Jared, well, does he have a, an opinion on the long term future and success of running an option offense and being married to it, Mike? When they're looking for an offensive coordinator, think about how many names they are immediately forced to eliminate, not because of money, but mm-hmm. because that guy doesn't run the option. I mean, you're no, talking I, about I agree, and- 90 percent of the pool. Yet at this point, you're you're really running out of names. You're they're recycling either them, yeah. Out of they're they're either option coaches that are now out of the price range because they graduated out of uh, you know the G five, you know the the guys like uh, Munkin and his staff who have really elevated themselves. You know at this point, his offensive coordinator and former uh, OC at Georgia Southern, Brent Davis. I don't think no, that uh, no chance. He'd be too expensive. I don't um, think that. Would, know, and, I don't think. And that, then there, do you? Well, I don't want to go into Army's coaching staff, but like, let's just say that Munkin's, we, we don't know where Munkin's going to be next year, and I imagine the staff is in flux too, so that could be an option. Mike, no pun yeah. intended. Can I lead mm-hmm. you down a path real quick, though, and lead you in the state of Georgia to another team in the state of Georgia that runs the option, and I'm not talking about Savannah State. What about, what about Kennesaw State and their well, offensive uh, coordinator, who is a Georgia Southern grad? They run the option. Yeah, again... And well, you look at their head coach and Brian Bohannon, who um, you know has ties to, to Georgia Southern, and I don't you know, know. they were <laughs> it, it got it got so crazy that I was hearing rumors about how his uh, his wife was at a game a couple of weeks ago. Now, oh my! Granted, God. her family, her entire family uh, is from Statesboro, so you know, pretty pretty easy uh, uh, rationale for being in the stands there. But again, you know, the the options again, no pun intended, but they're they're whittling down. Um, you know, you really have to either. But that's the kind of route I would go for cheap, right? Like, yeah, but yeah, to, if you want to run more of a traditional flex zone, you have to reach down to the FCS level to find anybody because nobody in the price range would run it at the FBS level. And the uh, uh, other solution would be to kind of do what they did when they went and found the best is reach out to teams that are option oriented, but a different kind of. Right. Uh, option than what people are used to seeing, which has proven itself to be very effective at the college level, but you're going to have to contend with about 10 to 15% of the Georgia Southern fan base that couldn't care if he scored 50. They want to see it behind center with no one ever running yep. downfield unless to throw a block. Yep, I mean, that's true. I, I think of another guy who is you know, not very high up on the staff, but he's at a Power 5 school uh, at the University of South Carolina on their staff, and that's Jabo Shaw. I mean, I, I think. Yeah, Mike. How much do you value? A hundred percent. You got to split it. You know, you got to split the one hundred percent some way. Recruiting and play calling for an offensive coordinator. I don't think Bob DeBest was ever considered like a brilliant recruiter, right? But what if you mm-hmm. got somebody in there who never, who maybe is not like a brilliant play caller, right? But maybe that's not a strong suit. But maybe he is one of the best recruiters, you know, around. Like those kind of things matter too. You know what I mean? So like, it doesn't have to be someone that has put or led the country in rushing or led the country in points scored. I'm so sick of reading those press releases. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, They tend to not recruit kids who weren't setting records in high school. So yeah. Uh, You know me, we've discussed it before. Uh, 
on podcasts about how little I value recruiting, but keep in mind that's from a reporting standpoint. Uh, I get tired of, you hate- like you said, uh, talking about how someone scored 40 touchdowns. Well, of course they did. They're a D1 recruit. But, uh, you know, to your to your point, and you touched on it earlier when you were asking about things that are different in the Lunsford regime, you know, I would say that maybe this is an unpopular opinion for as much as everybody loved Chad a couple of years ago, wants to like and wants him to succeed now. I think that the reason that he succeeded when he first got in there in 2017 is because for all the faults of uh, uh, Tyson Summers, you know, his classes were ranked pretty well recruiting-wise, but they also seemed to pan out, too. You had a bunch of those guys who played really well uh, for Lunsford, and you look at the recruiting rankings, which, again, I don't take too much heat in. There are plenty of times where App, you know, built their current three-peat dynasty on sixth and seventh-ranked classes, but for them, they coached them up and they got better. For everybody in the last couple of recruiting classes for Georgia Southern, they haven't been rated all that high, and you know you see what you see on the field. The the wins are there, but they're scratching and clawing wins. They aren't guys who uh, uh, are just physically imposing and beating people uh, into submission on the field. You know they're having to really scrap for everything, and uh, you can call that an inability to to coach them up or to get the most of them at the collegiate level. Or it could be that, you know, there are different recruiting tactics, maybe not even just the makeup of the guys they want, but you see guys that Georgia Southern's recruiting, even when they're a winning program, that they're battling FCS schools and, like, bottom 10 schools in FBS for. And I don't know if it's in the philosophy they talk about, you know, the you know psychological makeup, the work ethic of kids. And I wonder sometimes if maybe the coaching staff just, I don't want to say thinks too much of themselves, but, tries to impose like their thoughts about the attitudes of kids and what they consider to be a ready-made kid. And then they forget that they need to be really good at football. Like, yeah. What if he's not actually that great at football? What if he, it was rated Uh, a two-star because in fact he was a two-star. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying go out. That happened all along the offensive line for three years. And I'm not saying go out and get guys who have red flags everywhere, but maybe take a chance on a kid that, might not have had the best tutor or teacher and, you know, just have confidence that you can fix whatever is causing them to be a G5 recruit instead of a B5 recruit instead of going in and trying to wow a two-star that's deciding over uh, between you and Gardner-Webb. All right, Mike, I'm going to leave it on this. We said it was an up-and-down season, or I said it was an up-and-down season for Georgia Southern. Uh, After what happened with Shywitz and Bird Poop and Cocaine and Saluda County, South Carolina, and all that kind of stuff. I never ever thought that that I would be talking about Georgia Southern football players being arrested, and and, and me and I think a lot of other people, probably yourself included, have likely heard this story or some version of the story by now, and it is still not out or public. Uh, I haven't seen a lawyer talk, and the names are Wesley Kennedy, Chris Harris. Ephraim Kitchen and C.J. Wright, Harris and Kennedy are B.C. graduates. They're arrested last week, and the charges are kind of thrown up there, right, Mike? Felonies, all this stuff, and it allows the mind to wander. And that's what a lot of people are thinking and saying about Wesley Kennedy, about Chris Harris, and about those guys, because the story has not gotten out yet. Mike, I'll let you say whatever you want about those, because I'm going to talk with Spencer further about that. Uh, but you know, your thoughts on the arrest, Mike, and having heard what I know you've heard by now, uh, and I know you're in the know and you've talked to people about it. Is this as, uh, do you think this is going to be as convoluted as what Wirtz was? Is this going to be something that drags out or is this pretty cut and dry? You think? I think this is a, you know, you mentioned reading all the charges and you can read anything you want into that. You know, God knows what everyone was thinking when they, uh, when you see your starting quarterback and cocaine appear in the same sentence. Um, right. So, yeah, it's going to be probably a, cocaine. I mean, this were just left with r- felony drugs. Right. And, you know, that could be, if you talk to lawyers, it could be a lot of things. It could be a weed uh, pen. Right. It, it could instance. be that 
it, it could be that, you know, they were trying to buy some drugs, which granted shouldn't be doing it. Not legal. Of course. Uh, definitely don't want to do it when you're a collegiate athlete. And, you know, in the commission of buying those drugs, which could be a felony, depending on what you were buying or how much you were buying, if they arrest you for that, and then the car that you drove to get the drugs in had a gun or a knife in it that you never brandished, you're never intended on using at all, well, now you possess it while committing a felony, and now, you know, that charge makes a little more sense if you aren't a terrible person doing terrible things, but the charges still are what they are. And depending on how much the police can make it stick, how good of a lawyer you have, like you said, the mind can really wander. Yeah, and unfortunately, there's nothing Chad Lunsford can say about the arrest. There's nothing Wesley or Chris Harris or any of those guys can say because the case is pending. But again, I, you know, that means that somebody else somewhere can say something. Somebody can say the real story of what happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a lot of people that can do that. And so I hope well, I, I, I hope it's I clarified say, is what I mean, Mike. I, I, right. But what, what I would say is that, you know, Georgia Southern has its policy frustrating as it may be that no one associated with the university is going to be allowed to say anything. And that's smart. While that's any smart. legal matters pending. But, but the thing is, if you talk to a lawyer, even if they know that, they can beat the charges. They're going to say the same thing. You didn't hear uh, Shai's lawyer say much of anything other than, you know, we don't think this is right, blah, blah, blah. You know, it wasn't until that actual footage came out that was obtained, I believe, by you, among others. It was, because I uh, did, but, Yeah. But, Mike, but I like, didn't know who the lawyer was. I had to find out who Shai right. Rich's lawyer. Why isn't somebody Be- finding out who is representing Wesley Kennedy? Why isn't someone on the phone with that person? Well, it's... It, Again, it could be that they've talked to people and they, you know, there are certain people affiliated with the media who might be told to be quiet. Right. They do, uh, you know, uh, so it's tough to say, but I will say that, you know, unless a lawyer just knows it's going to be an open and shut case or unless you're a, you know, million dollar lawyer to the stars, you don't see many lawyers out there talking about facts either. It's uh, no. it, it's better for it to come out like it did with Shy, with you tracking someone down. You have to bug the getting, shit out of You know, wrestling something around, and then having an unbiased source reveal all that information instead of a police officer or a lawyer or a coach or an administrator. You know, all those have certain biases that come with it. When it, you know, they, they talk about how the truth will find the light, and it eventually will. It just might be a longer, more frustrating process than it was last time. The name of... Especially because it's more people involved now and more charges involved. And and they're I'm all four sure roommates, I, and, and it happened probably. over a 48-hour span, and there were possession right. charges and, that came after the person right. was no longer in possession of said substance. And, and, and you're not talking about a, a very easily identifiable five-minute stretch of uh, camera footage. To say the least. All right, Mike, uh, I, I want to. We talked about Shywerts and all, and all that stuff and going up to South Carolina. Spencer's here wearing the headphones, helping me produce. Do you remember? Mike, Mike always gave me shit about this, Spencer. Mike, do you remember when I saw the footage and I, I had my editor told me I had to try to describe it for the reader of what it looked like on the hood of Wurtz's car? Do you remember what analogy I used? Uh, no. I'm going to tell I Spencer don't. in front of you. I think you probably use it up too much. Uh, there was one sentence in like a 1500 word story, Spencer, that said, imagine, <laughs> my editor fucked me on this. It said, imagine a, a drink left or a milkshake left on top of a car. And the oh, car yeah, pulls yeah. Off. And Mike, I'm telling you the word milkshake, he worked it in the next probably two months, every single episode, <laughs> at least one reference. Mike, tell everyone how to follow you, man. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. We, we really appreciate you coming on because- Nobody can talk Georgia Southern the way you do. And I think a lot of people that listen to us like the Eagles. So tell yeah. them how they can find your stuff. Yeah, you can uh, read me in the uh, Statesboro Herald. Um, you can follow us online at statesboroherald.com. I have not been doing as many videos as before, thanks to the fact that I am now uh, working out of the Atlanta offices. But I'm sure I'll find my way on there with some video content at some point. Uh, also, every once in a while, I'll pop up on Twitter at, at uh, uh Harold GS Sports, and um, yeah, let's. This is the first time, second time I've done this podcast, and 
I've kept it clean so far, but hell shit ass damn. <laughs> I just had to I had to do it. Uh, that's good for this that's good for this song.